It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be great. I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. So how do you know who to confide in? Knowing who to trust is very important, and many people might answer this question by saying they talk to their family and friends, but I would like to put my personal guideline on this. If someone is not part of the problem, and if they're not part of the solution, it is not any of their business. Everything else is just gossip. I understand it can be fun to commiserate with others, but if you're sharing with someone who is not a part of the problem or solution, and the other person is doing the same thing, it's not helpful or constructive, oftentimes people ask, what's wrong? Because they're simply curious. Uh, they have no interest in actually helping you, and that's where the whole problem begins. So be really careful about who you share with, because truly, if they are not part of your problem, and if they are not part of your solution, they really don't need to know. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my very special guest. His name is Seth Green, returning for the second time. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Seth Green is the founder of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country called Market Domination LLC. He's the author of six best-selling marketing books, including his latest book, Market Domination for Podcasting. He's the only person in history that Dan Kennedy has nominated for Marketer of the Year three years in a row. Seth has been featured in real media like CBS Money Watch, CBS News, Inc. Magazine, the LA Times, the Boston Globe, the Miami Herald, and the number one morning radio show in New York City. Seth has been written about in three best-selling business books, the top industry trade journals, and in Dan Kennedy's No BS newsletter. We will talk about so much on the show today. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes. A review would be terrific. And here we are with my very special guest, Seth Green. Seth, how are you? I am fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, you're so welcome. It's really fantastic to have you back. The first time we were on together was a while ago. It's been a couple of years. And so I'm really glad to have you back again. So for those who did not hear the first episode, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started? What kinds of things did you overcome? How did you get to where you are now? Wow. Okay. So that could be a very long answer. I'll try and do a really, really short version. So I originally started out because I was, you know, being my parents moved um, from Ithaca, New York to Buffalo, New York, because my dad got a better job working for a large, he was a journalist. He got a better job in Buffalo working for a larger newspaper and it was my mother's hometown. So she was happy to move back home. Um, new neighborhood, new schools. Um, I was getting picked on bullied by a older, much larger kid in my neighborhood. And I just doing a research project for, about Egypt. I learned that Seth was the name of the Egyptian God of death. That mm. sort of freaked me out and sent me on an occult phase. And I figured I started learning about wizards and witches and uh, all this stuff. And I said, Hey, if I could, you know, summon one of these spirits, then, you know, maybe I'd have some power and I could make this kid stop. 
I tried to figured I'd start at the top, tried to summon Satan. And my mother came home and said, I don't care who you're trying, you know, nice Jewish mother. I don't care who you're trying to summon, go summon him in the basement on the char- on, on the cement floor that is easy to wash instead of getting charcoal all over my carpet. So he never showed up. My dad got me a deck of tarot cards to learn how to tell the future at the, te- at the store. I went to, to buy a book on how to read them. It turned out to be a magic store. The gentleman behind the counter was demonstrating a magic trick. I forgot about the tarot cards and fell in love with magic and became a that bought my very first magic trick with the money that was supposed to be for the book and became a magician. Then if you fast forward to uh, my early 20s, after graduating college, I went to become a financial planner as my career choice because every semester my dad had called stressing out saying I was going to have to transfer from Syracuse University, my dream school that I was attending back home to UB because they couldn't afford it. And I would call my mother crying and she would say, no, 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 your dad's just stressed out because he got a tuition bill. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And every this happened several semesters in a row. I eventually realized he was going to do this every semester and I didn't need to get upset about it anymore. But I said to myself, man, what if there was a better way? I want to help other families and other kids so they don't have to go through that. So I became a college planner. And I was at a Fortune 500 financial planning firm with almost 7,000 advisors. And my branch manager had told me my first day after I got my licenses, here's, a, here's the book all of your clients are going to be in the rest of your career. And he handed me the phone book and said, they're all in there, Tiger, go get them. And I didn't oh. know any better. So I made 300 cold calls a day interrupting strangers asking for money until I read a full page ad in, in a magic trade journal for magicians advertising a magic marketing course. I got my parents to buy it for me because I was cold calling and didn't have the money. And I implemented the course, became the busiest, most expensive magician in my town, and then asked the gentleman who wrote the course where he learned if it would work in my real job as a financial planner, where he learned it all from. He said yes. And Dan Kennedy was a gentleman he had learned everything from. I went to go learn everything I could from Dan and eventually ended up working directly for him he took we're working directly with him my what i learned from dan took my financial services practice to the point where i was at the very again bottom of seven thousand advisors to the top 30 nationwide for opening new accounts so in two years it worked incredibly well got me written about in some best-selling business books and trade journals this was before the internet while ago and my phone started ringing with advisors saying how do i do that I said, Dan, what do I tell him? He says, you start a marketing company and do it for him. We started, that was 11 years ago. We started out just serving financial advisors because it's what I knew. But over the last 11 years, that firm, Market Domination LLC, has branched out to include 63 different industries and serve you know thousands and thousands of clients literally around the planet, helping them grow their businesses. Wow, that that is really amazing. I also know that you wanted to be an actor at some point, and you learned the necessity of needing to learn how to market in that experience too, right? Yes. My original undergraduate, I went to Syracuse University originally for acting. My, I was going to be a Broadway star. My parents made me get you know study business at Syracuse as a backup because they were practical Jewish parents. And my senior year, I decided my I. First, I started out as an actor. Then I decided I wanted to become a director. Then I decided I wanted to become a producer and produced a interactive murder mystery musical uh, my senior year with two of my friends. And 
the student government was funding our budget and all was well until three weeks before opening night when student government organization called and said, we, you got to come. We screwed up. You're a first year student organization. We gave you too much money. That's against our bylaws. We didn't realize it. We need half of your musical budget back. And they said, mm. well, you can't have it. The money we're opening in three weeks. And they said, well, we already took the money from your student, you know, govern your organizational bank account. Best of luck. And, I stupidly made the decision that I would charge the remaining budget on my credit cards and that we would make the money back from ticket sales, except I knew nothing about marketing then, and no one had ever heard of the musical I was producing, which is why it was cheaper to get the rights for it, because no one knew it, and it was old, and not very many people showed up to our musical, so I didn't make the money back, and eventually got stuck with the bill. My two co-producer friends flaked out on me. Their parents refused to let them split the bill three ways. I ended up having to go bankrupt over it and learn the hard way that it doesn't matter if you have a good musical, a good product, or a good service. If you don't have great marketing to get the right people in the door, no one will know about it. Oh my goodness. That, that is unbelievable. So marketing domination LLC started. Tell us about your first client. I'm sure you remember that. I do. He was a financial advisor one of the people who had called me after reading about me in a book and said, Hey, I want to do that. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll let you license my content that Dan and I created in your town. We'll modify it for you. I'll let you test it and see if it works given that it's a different city and you have a different target market and a different personality than I do. And I'm, you know, 20 something years old and you're 50 something and we'll see if it works. So I, I did not even have, This was, again, very beginning. We weren't doing any internet marketing at the time. All of the marketing Dan and I did had been direct mail. So I put one marketing campaign on a one-page website, hosted on GoDaddy, built in front page, and with, again, no email autoresponder, no shopping cart. I had a, you know, click this button and then mail me a chance. That was my sales page that this guy had called and then I had sent him to and he mailed in a check and we started and it worked. And so then I said, well, that's, I can license this to other financial advisors and help them, but I'm charging way too little. I was nervous because I wasn't sure it was going to work for someone else. So then gradually, you know, we had to raise our prices Ultimately, it got to the point where I couldn't handle it myself and manage my financial services practice that had grown so well. So I had to start, you know, hiring people, hiring staff, teaching them how to do the work. And we've, you know, had an amazing but roller coaster ride over the last 11 years. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. I, I, I love your stories. I'm sure you have stories all day long. We're going to be coming up against our first break here shortly. We've got about a minute or so. We're talking to Seth Green. We talked about how he was a financial advisor, and we talked about his uh, hobbies as a, as a magician and how that has influenced his marketing. You, you're called the marketing magician, aren't you? I've been called worse, but yeah. Fantastic. That how did true. that? Because how we make that- How'd that name come up? Um, literally, I was at, I think, one of the very first marketing conferences I ever went to. And I had been marketing for a couple of years before I went to a conference. But I wish I had gone sooner. And the speaker at the conference 
talked about how you got to use yourself in your branding. And I said, oh, my God, I got into this whole thing because I'm a magician. I'm not using it in my marketing at all. And I started playing with, around with ways we could integrate that into our marketing because our tagline was we make new customers appear like magic. And then somebody said, you're the ultimate marketing magician. And I said, that worked. Yep. I love it. We're coming up against our first break. My very special guest is Seth Green, and we will talk more about marketing. We'll talk about how to get impossible to reach people to reach out to you. Wouldn't that be a dream come true for a lot of us? We'll talk about podcasting and how he uses that, and we'll talk about so much more after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Seth Green. And if you do not have a copy of my latest book, it is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It is uh, a summary and actually a, a compilation of some of my very best interviews from the early years of my show. And episode number 300 is coming in just two weeks. Can't wait. So, Seth, you're a marketing expert. You know how to reach people who are impossible for most people to, to reach. Tell us how you do it. Sure. One of the best strategies we use for that is getting them booked on your podcast, not yours specifically as in Brian's, but yours as in our clients or the listeners. We find that if instead of reaching out with a cold email or trying to get someone's attention in a different way, 
where it's perceived as salesy, where it's obvious that that person wants to sell them something, we find if we're producing a podcast for our client and we're reaching out to the impossible to reach decision makers, gatekeeper or media department, depending on how big they are, about a media interview, a lot of times that email will get through. A lot of times, you know, we will get a positive response because who doesn't want more exposure? Right. Absolutely. I find that that has worked really well for me also. I have an audience with people that I would never get to talk to because I do a show. Uh, You and I both know Kevin Harrington. Uh, Kevin was on my show and I was referred to him through somebody else. And when you have an opportunity to give to someone like that and give them exposure, their chances of saying yes are going to be a lot higher. And I can, I mean, you can email him anytime and he'll answer you. And I, I have a little bit of that relationship with him too. So you can reach impossible to get people if you have something to offer. And I love that very, very much. So you talk about interviewing. Why apart from, why apart from that, do you like podcasting so much? I like it because it builds a relationship with someone it gets them to perceive you as in a is not a salesperson i i've become you know close friends with a lot of folks that we've interviewed on our podcast that i otherwise never would have gotten to because again they are grateful to you no matter how big they are you gave them some you tried to lead with value first you tried to get them more exposure you know mary Kay says the two things that people want more than money and sex are recognition and fame and you who are in some small way, depending on the size of your following, attempting to do that. So I like it because it starts the relationship off with them being grateful to you and perceiving you in a non-salesy way so that you can then build that relationship in a way that even the best direct response marketing campaign designed to generate a sale can't Absolutely. I love that. So you've interviewed a lot of really fantastic people. Which guest do you think was the most difficult for you to get? That's a really good question. We haven't had, I guess I'm sort of blessed because Kevin's my business partner and it gets to the point where it was harder before when it, when the podcast. So since Kevin came on the podcast, uh, you know, in the last year or so, it's, we haven't had too many people say no. I got more no's before that because now it's, hey, do you want to be on the Sharkpreneur podcast with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank? And almost everybody says yes because of they know who he is. So when it was just me, it was harder. I would occasionally, in the beginning, I had people who would say no and then they would say, you know, come back when, you know, who actually knew enough to look at our numbers and then would say, come, come back when you're bigger and then later say yes. So toughest to get, I, I don't read. So I've got one, I've got a couple I still haven't gotten yet. Um, love to have Gary Vaynerchuk on, but normally, you know, if you want Gary for a keynote speech, you know, 80, hundred grand. Yeah. So not sure I, I I've been rejected in terms of, well, he's not going to just do your podcast. You know, you want to book him for an event too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't have an extra hundred grand for Gary. So right. Gary, Tim Ferriss. Harris, Tony Robbins, all on my podcast bucket list. I'm sure Tim and Tony eventually, but other than that, I wouldn't say we had somebody who was really hard to get who eventually caved and was on the show. It was either a straight, it was either a no before Kevin came on, or it's most likely a yes since he's come on. So obviously, having a celebrity co-host has helped. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk about marketing and promoting your podcast. What has worked best for you in terms of generating awareness? 
generating awareness for the show, I would say that would be social media, Facebook specifically, getting on other people's shows and cross-promoting and having them on ours, and then um, paid advertising to get our show in front of followers of other people's shows. So whether that's literally putting ads on their podcast, driving their listeners to listen to us, are doing the same thing on their YouTube channels. All of that works really well. I love that. So one of the things that you teach people to do is to provide a really great experience because if you are memorable, the world will start talking about you. Talk about your most favorite experience with a client in terms of helping them create that for themselves and their, their clientele. So... We are doing a something creative relatively recently. We've become obsessed with contest marketing and mm. doing giveaways as lead generation to get people on a list and then offering them, oops, you know, obviously somebody wins. And then it's, hey, everybody who didn't win, here's a discount coupon for the thing you already expressed that you wanted. Go get it. And we've found that we've done it in a way that's got some built-in virality into it so that that way we allow people to enter more than once by tagging other people who might be a good fit for the same product or service. So that has worked really well and captured what is supposed to be the word of mouth of social media. Because normally um, if someone comments, you know, it shows up in their newsfeed and other people see it, but it doesn't really catch on fire or go viral but if we make them tag other people to enter, I mean, we've had contests where people tag dozens, if not hundreds of people, which substantially grew the reach of the advertising we were running for that promotion. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you wrote about one specific experience like that in my magazine, Success Profiles magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So we had a local, I live in Buffalo, New York. We had a local chicken and wing pizza place. And they, their bread and butter was obviously people coming in for pizza and wings and food and delivery, but they had a catering business that they really wanted to grow because, you know, there's only so much margin on a couple dollars slice of pizza. Whereas if you can cater something and someone spends a couple hundred or thousand dollars, now all of a sudden you've got some decent money to be made. So what his dream was catering, you know, graduation parties. But the problem is uh, because of privacy rules, you can't go buy a list of parents of high school seniors or college seniors. And on Facebook, you were able to run ads, but the ads were to parents of kids either 13 to 18 or like 21 to 25. So you couldn't narrow down specifically to the graduating ages. So you had to run ads to a whole lot of people whose kids weren't ready and waste your money to get to the few that were. So yeah. what we did was we, we created a catering, you know, giving, he was going to give away one party, one graduation party. And again, we were, started out running ads to everybody, every parent with kids, 13, all the way up to like 22. But what we did was that worked was we said, you know, you can tag another parent in the area of a graduating high school or college senior, and that counts as another entry to win. So I think we spent less than a hundred bucks in ad spend. And we literally had six, because of everyone tagging everyone else, we had 600 people enter that car. And they are all parents of graduating high school or college seniors. So he got that list of everybody he wanted. And the beauty of it was we were 
asking them as they opted in for the contest, we said, you know, what address, you know, do you want us, do you, where, where is, what, where's your home that you're going to have the party at? So they all gave us their snail mail addresses. So in, you know, a week of running that contest, he had 600 new prospects who were his ideal target market. He couldn't have reached any other way. And he had name, email, cell phone, direct mail, and the ability to message them anytime in Facebook Messenger. So he had a very, very busy summer. That is outstanding. And so the, the people that didn't win, you probably retargeted those for uh, an opportunity to capture their business via perhaps a discount or something? Absolutely. We sent both Facebook Messenger email and multi-step direct mail saying, hey, you know, Joan Smith is the one who won. But because you entered, you know, here's a coupon type of thing. And again, he had a very he's like, if I get even 10 percent of these, I'm going to be busy all summer. And he was most of the summer. That's fantastic. Have you done another contest similar to that with with that client again or, or with other people, too? Um, we haven't done one with him. He's been too busy and now, grad, you know, graduation is over. Um, yes. It's Buffalo, so it's winter. So weddings are primarily over. So we are, maybe we'll do, he wants to do catering to companies during, you know, catering to retail stores during Thanksgiving, Christmas, so that it's, hey, buy, buy your staff lunch so they don't have to leave during the holiday rush. So we will probably do something there, but he's been on hold for a couple months simply because now he was busy. Yeah. I bet something like that uh, for Super Bowl season might be really lucrative too. Although Super Bowl season, he might be busy enough anyway. This is true. However, we have done similar types of contests for, for lots of other types of businesses, including our own, one of which we're running right now, where, because again, we are a done for you podcasting service where we will produce the show, get the guests, do all the work, turn it into a best-selling book, make those folks the authority in their marketplace. We are literally giving away an entire professional podcast studio, which is at podcaststudiocontest.com. You can enter to win, and it's mics, pop filters, mic stands, headphones, and a professional soundboard that will take the audio production quality of your podcast if you have one or if you're starting one to the next level. And again, we're giving that away for free because people, everyone who enters is someone who's either already a podcaster or wants to start. So of course we will offer them additional resources as well. Absolutely. And while I'm thinking about it, where can someone find that? We'll come back to that later in the show though, too. Yeah. It's at podcaststudiocontest.com. That's fantastic. We're coming up against our second break. My very special guest this week is Seth Green. We're talking about direct response marketing. We're talking about Facebook and social media contests. After the break, I'm going to ask if direct mail is still effective. And the answer may surprise you because I don't get nearly as much direct mail as I used to, but that's the beautiful thing. You want to go and do what other people are not doing anymore. You might find some success. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. And I also would like to talk to Seth about book launches in the next segment because a lot of people listening either are authors or want to be authors or are business people who need to have a book. We'll talk about that and so much more when we come back. Stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. Yeah. 
is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Seth Green. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do that on iTunes. Even leave a review. That would mean a lot. And Seth, let's talk about direct mail. It may surprise people that direct mail still has a place. Tell us about that. I think direct mail actually has more of a place because fewer and fewer people are doing it. Everyone's been brainwashed that they have to be on social media and social media is the way to go and that's all they should be doing. So there's actually less and less competition in your mailbox than ever before, which means anything you send is going to have a bigger impact. So if anything, we are gently urging our clients to do more more direct mail than we previously have simply because, again, there's less competition. Yeah. And do you think that in some cases direct mail is actually less expensive than online media marketing? It all depends. So I wouldn't direct mail can also be a great way to drive traffic to a website or a marketing funnel or an offer that you would otherwise drive online traffic to. So it can be less expensive per lead. It can be less expensive to acquire a customer. What I would care about more is the return on investment at the ultimate end of the day. Right. What is your ROI for direct mail driving to the same offer, for example, versus let's say a Facebook ad. And then that will ultimately tell you which one you should be doing more of. But as long as any form of media you're using drives customers at a attractive acquisition cost, I wouldn't stop. Awesome. And do you recommend certain strategies in terms of using direct mail? I know that uh, you, you advocate for using not flat mail, but something bulkier to pique someone's interest. Yeah. We are big proponents of lumpy mail, something that is three-dimensional that stands out. Um, one number reason is it stands, it gets to the top of the mail pile because if you've got a whole bunch of flat, flat mail and something that's lumpy, it will automatically get sorted to the top. And then it will pique the recipient's curiosity and get them to open it, which the first hurdle is getting delivered. The second hurdle is getting it open. Lumpy mail will usually take care of that. 
And the third hurdle is getting actually red. And usually the right lumpy male grabber, as we like to call them, will dramatically increase your odds of someone actually consuming your direct mail as opposed to if it's just perfectly flat and looks like everything else. Yeah. Do you find that it's harder to get someone to open the mail if you're doing a business to business mailing versus a business to customer mailing? Or do you find the opposite to be true? So if you're doing bumpy mail business to business, it'll be much easier to get it open because most business to business mail violates my first rule of marketing and that it's boring. It all looks the same. So yeah. if you can do something that looks different, feels different, stands out, you got a much better shot, not only of getting consumed, but of getting engagement from that potential prospect simply because most direct mail business to business is, you know, again, plain vanilla looks boring and it gets taught a lot of it gets just thrown out. You know, ADP, the payroll company is a has had been a direct mail client of ours. And when they came to us and we proposed direct mail because they wanted to go after the CFOs of companies with 50 employees or more. And they said, we tried direct mail to them. It didn't work. And we said, what'd you send? And they said, our corporate, and I said, they, your CFO never even saw it. Your gatekeeper threw it out. The mailroom threw it out. It's boring. It's not customized to them in any way, shape, or form. It's corporate propaganda. Nobody reads that stuff. That's why it didn't work. And then the direct mail campaign that we proposed to them worked so well. That, I mean, literally, they didn't know how to handle all the responses. That's fantastic. Yeah, if you're mailing your corporate brochure, that is so boring. <laughs> because how do you know what I need? It, that's You're just basically casting your net wide and seeing what happens. You're throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. Exactly. Boring. Yeah, it's, that's boring. So let me ask, what social media platforms are your favorites for generating leads and generating business? I'm sure it probably depends on what your offer is and who your client is. It completely depends on what, what our offer is and who our client is. But I will tell you, Probably our three most profitable would be LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Awesome. I love that. So what are your best ways to build an email list? An irresistible offer. So mm-hmm. you would need to know what, um, who is your ideal client that you want on that email list? What are, what are their pain points? What are they looking for? What can you offer them for free in exchange for their contact information? And then obviously how can you get that offer in front of them so that they sign up for it? That's, that's fantastic. You got to have an irresistible offer first. I get emailed all the time as I'm sure you do. And uh, I'm on way too many people's lists. I think I'm about ready to do a purge on some of that. But it's so interesting, too, because um, you have to have an interesting headline. And sometimes the headlines are pretty hokey, too. I mean, do you have a, a best practices in terms of an attention-grabbing headline? Sure. Again, it's going to depend on the offer. It's going to depend on the list that you're marketing to. So I will tell you that one of the best – there's – library swipe file you know top 100 best subject lines and stuff you can get from places like digital marketer to help fill in the blanks the best performing headline subject line we've ever used across every industry every client that always gets incredible results is literally their name the the name of the person you're emailing and then you are not alone That's fantastic. I love that. That's great. So let me ask you this. Money back guarantees. A lot of people use them. 
do you find that it is substantially more successful in terms of how your campaign turns out if you have a money back guarantee than if you don't? Risk reversal is hugely important. If you can offer a money back guarantee, by all means, you should. If you can offer multiple guarantees, that's even better. We can apply them in almost any business because you can come up with guarantees that are beyond just the product or service. You could guarantee how long it will take to get delivered. You could guarantee how it will show up when it arrives. You could guarantee response times. You could guarantee number of rings when you answer the phone. I mean, you could come up with all kinds of outrageous guarantees just to try and communicate to people that they, they're making the right decision to try whatever it is that you are offering and that their time, attention, or money is safe with you. Yeah, that that's fantastic. That's so important. I wanted to ask you about Facebook advertising too because the standards change. But if you were to say right now, what are the best practices in terms of having a good Facebook ad so that it won't get flagged, it won't get canceled, it won't get reported. Are there things that you can and cannot do that Facebook frowns at? Yes, and it changes literally every week. So their latest change is you can't say the word in an ad. We had numerous ads get banned until we we couldn't figure it out until we got on the phone with our Facebook ad rep and he looked at them all and he said, oh, you said the word you. We're not allowing that anymore. We didn't publish it on our blog. We didn't make an announcement, but you can't say the word you. So we had to very creatively rewrite every ad we were running because almost all of them would say something like, are you fed up with blank? Are you tired of blank? Even if, hey, are you looking for a natural deodorant that works? You can't say, are you? So we would have to, you know, we got rid of the word you and replaced it with there or ours or something just because they have a dumb algorithm change that says you can't say the word you. So best practices are you can't reference people's age, gender, ethnicity, economic condition. You can't use the word you anymore. It's tricky. I wouldn't do it if you weren't doing it all the time simply because. Because it's hard, you know, to keep up with the constant rule changes. That is absolutely crazy. I mean, the word you is one of the best words that you can possibly use yeah. in an ad. Absolutely. Can't do it. We, we, we got banned a couple times before we asked the question and found out. Now, that was a couple weeks ago. The rules may have changed. I don't know. No one's told us and we haven't thought to ask, but I haven't run, we haven't run any more ads with the word you in them because it's not worth the risk. But yeah. it requires our copywriters to be really creative because if you went through our swipe file library of, let's say, top 100 performing headlines, you is probably in, you know, 80 to 90 percent of them. Right. Absolutely. I would also imagine that promises around making money is also a no-no. Huge no-no. We run into that issue with our, for example, get rich in real estate clients, which is a interesting niche to be in because you can't promise how much money you're going to make. You can't promise um, anything anymore in an ad. What we found works the best is if you'll run video content, rich videos, educating people, drive traffic to the video, build a custom audience of people who watch the video and then each one. And then you've got an audience of people who have watched all of, let's say three videos in a row and then run ads to them. They already feel like they know you, like you trust you. You could also run ads to a blog blog post first, not a sales page or an opt-in, just a straight long form blog post. It's all content and then retarget them all. 
And then once they've seen a couple different pieces of content from you and feel like they know you, like you trust you, then when you make an offer, it's a lot more likely to be received positively and it works a whole lot better than if you walk up to someone, you know, think about it. If you walk up to a girl you've never met in a bar and say, hi, I want to get married, you know, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to get slapped or a drink in your face. So what we do that is marketers. We're guilty of it all the time. I've been guilty of going straight from, hey, you clicked on my ad to give me your information right now or buy right now. And we wouldn't do that in a human relationship. So we shouldn't do that in a marketing relationship. I agree with all of that. That's fantastic. So we've got maybe a couple minutes or so to our next break. Let's talk about the use of quizzes in your marketing. You want to be able to segment your market so that you know what to offer them. That makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. We are huge proponents of that. We follow something called the Ask Method by Ryan Levesque. Um, His best-selling book called Ask is probably the best book on the topic. He took a formula created by Glenn Livingston years ago and created software to survey and segment that worked better than anything else on the market. And we run survey funnels in almost as many of our clients that it's appropriate for so that then we can make different offers to them based on what their answers are. So it really customizes the sales process that they go through when we find it significantly increases conversion. Do you find that there are some questions that are probably a big no-no? I mean, in the in this age of political correctness, people can choose to be offended by just about anything. But are there certain questions that you tend to shy away from? It depends on the niche. I mean, so we've got a client in the political space, and they his prospects identify as let's say Democrat or Republican by which thing they vote for before they excuse me, even mm-hmm. get to the quiz. Normally you wouldn't necessarily, I mean, politics you would think would be in the weave. You would think not to ask how much money they make, but we've had, we have investment clients that need to know that in order to customize the responses. So yes. if we do a range of which range do you fall in and we need to know because if you're not an accredited investor, we can't offer this. So I think there are probably taboo questions, but if you approach it in the right way, most of the time you can get an answer. Fantastic. We're coming against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. We're having so much fun. We're learning all about marketing and so much more. We will talk about book launches in the final segment. We will revisit Seth's giveaway in the final segment one more time, and we will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. 
a secret? Apparently, most women can't. According to a London study, on average, a woman can only keep a secret for about 32 minutes. One in ten women quiz said they'd had a falling out with a friend over letting secrets slip. Plastic surgery, people involved in dalliances, canoodling, and relationship problems topped the list shared in Hugger Mugger. Do the Britons gossip more than Americans? Probably not, but they certainly read more tabloids. What's a word for the enjoyment of reading about another's troubles? Schadenfreude. A quidnunc is another word for a gossip. And Alice Roosevelt Longworth said it best at a dinner party. If you can't say something good about someone, sit right here by me. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Seth Green. And Seth, let's talk about book launches. You've had several best-selling books. Now, do your book launch strategies change based on the type of book you're releasing? Absolutely. It changes depending. Now, there are some things that will stay the same and some that will change depending on the target market. So a number of a lot of those strategies, Facebook advertising is a large part of that strategy. Um, getting a group of people who to rate, download, rate and review the book on launch day coordinated is one of our strategies. It, however, depending on the book, um, LinkedIn marketing might be appropriate. Email marketing might be appropriate. It all just depends, again, on who the target audience for the book is. Fantastic. What has been one of your most favorite book launch strategies that you've used? Favorite book launch strategy. So we did a book called Hypergrowth by Scott Holman, who is a Inc. 500 CEO coach and coordinating um, it's an interview book that we produced out of his podcast that we also produced and coordinating the e email marketing campaign from all of the Inc. 500 CEOs in the book, along with the other people in Scott's tribe worked really well. The book was number one in multiple categories for multiple days in a row, got over 1500 downloads. He was thrilled. I love that. That's fantastic. So let's talk about your giveaway. You talked about this very briefly earlier, but you can go into more detail now if you'd like. I would love to. Thank you so much. So to celebrate our 300th episode ourselves, Kevin Harrington and I are giving away a professional podcast studio. So that is at podcaststudiocontest.com. There is no cost to enter. It is a real giveaway. One person will win a professional podcasting studio. It includes Mic, professional professional mics, mic stands, pop filters, headphones, and most importantly, a pro quality soundboard that will allow you to do all sorts of amazing things with your sound quality and sound effects so that you sound like you've got a real professional show, whether you've got an existing show and you want to upgrade the sound or you have, you're thinking about starting a show, you'll get it started and done right without having to spend any money on equipment because you'll win it from us. So that's at yes. podcaststudiocontest.com. 
Fantastic. And we did talk earlier about why it's a good idea to have a show. And so this would be a really fantastic thing to go sign up for. Just just sign up. It's free to sign up and somebody's going to win. So why not? You can't shake a stick at that. That's right. Absolutely. Great. So let's talk about your favorite success story and your biggest fail in your in your career. Wow. Okay. Biggest success story and biggest fail. All right, let's do biggest failure first. Okay. So we did, I spoke at a event and ended up with a meeting from someone who attended that event who happened to be one of the largest, the founder of one of the largest personal injury law firms in a multi-state region. So these are those guys, you know, who have ads on TV every five seconds. And, you know, million, multi-million dollar TV, radio, marketing budgets. And we were going to bring them into the 21st century and along with, you know, marketing funnel and social media ads and traffic and then a info marketing business teaching other personal injury lawyers his secrets. And it was going to be a multi-six-figure contract. And they were going to be one of our biggest new, probably they would have biggest non-Fortune 500 client ever. And... Um, we went back. It took nine months of a sales process of meetings back and forth before we had finalized everything and they were good to go. Um, they said, hey, give us a contract. You know, we'll get you a check on Monday. And at this time, my wife and I uh, recently had had our third baby and we're, had, we're outgrowing our house, our starter house. And we're looking to up. She was shopping for houses. And I gave the numbers to the mortgage broker based on this guy's word that he was hiring us. And. Mm-hmm. And so we qualified for a much more expensive house than we should have. So my wife started looking at houses that were in our new price range and I didn't get a contract back on Monday. Didn't get a check, oh. you know, shot an email, made a phone call back, back and forth, back and forth, emails, phone calls, leaving messages, not hearing back. And then a week or two later, I want to place an offer. Um, you know, I've got a house. I want to buy it. Let's go. And I hadn't heard back and still didn't have a check. And we ended up like almost a month later. And so I took the day off of work. I took a book. I went and sat, drove and sat in his lobby. And the receptionist, you know, can I help you? And I said, no, I don't have an appointment. But tell Mr. So-and-so uh, I can't get a response via email, phone or anything. Uh, um, I took the day off. I've got a book. I'm going to sit here all day, no matter, uh, literally for the next eight hours um, until I get you know, until um, so she gets all flustered and storms off and goes into the back, you know, back into the offices and comes back like two minutes later and said he changed his mind. Sorry. Best of luck. Um, oh, so that really sucked. I had to go home and tell my wife the reason we qualified for that house was because I put in the income from this and didn't get it. So she had to go back to our regular price range. And that was not a happy day. And because he had said we were good to go. Um, and said he was sending a check on Monday. I had been the previous month or so I had been recruiting staff cause I knew we were going to need them to yeah. do all this work. And when he said, okay, I hired and told people come in on Monday and start. Um, so we had staff that I didn't have the money for oh. that we then had to find, make up the revenue so that we could actually pay them. So wow. that was, that, that's probably my biggest fail of I spent the money not only mentally but some in reality before I had it and learned very painfully thankfully my wife didn't buy a house that I couldn't afford 
but yes. learn painfully. Don't spend the money until the check actually clears. That's a very good lesson. So now that you have that lesson in hand, how about your best success story? Best success story. So I would, I mean, there's so, we've had been fortunate in that we've got so many awesome case studies. I would say the pizza and wing contest of 600 people in like two weeks, which was an awesome case study. I would say, you know, Scott Hallman's book, getting 1500 downloads for a book launch, you know, in one day was awesome. And I would say in, in our own marketing, um, our shock and awe box that we send out to our ideal prospects that converts at a really high percentage rate is one of my favorite stories. And the direct mail campaign we did for ADP, it was a four-step lumpy mail direct campaign um, to CFOs who are impossible reach decision makers with 50 employees or more. And literally, I, I won't give you the percentage response rate because it would set anyone's expectations way too high, but it went incredibly well. Wow, that's fantastic. So, Seth, what has surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? Uh, what has surprised me the most? Um, the roller coaster. I would much prefer her. I'm, I'm, I've been working on this for 11 years, trying to get it to be much more stable as opposed to the gigantic ups and downs. I'd prefer slow and steady growth and have hopefully figured out a way to do that and I'm implementing that over the next couple months so that our 2019 business and business plan are much smoother, you know, just steady going upwards as opposed to the skyrockets and then crashes. Yes, we all would like a little more steadiness in our lives, but uh, we wouldn't be entrepreneurs if we weren't willing to accept the risks that go along with it, right? Correct. Correct. So or what somebody just didn't tell us. Yes, <laughs> exactly. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who might be struggling a little bit right now? Uh, hang in there. It gets better. There is an easier way. I spent all, I spent so much of my first, I would say 10 years just working on becoming a better man because I didn't know any better. And I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I did not uh, learn until the last year that I needed to work on better, better systems for delivering our services so that they could get done with less stress and so that they could get done without me. So yeah. I think um, I've since started, you know, reading management books and reading systems books as opposed to just reading marketing and going to different conferences as opposed to only going to things where I would learn the latest, greatest Facebook trick. So I think focusing on systems and how your business delivers what it delivers and how to automate that so other people can do it without you are probably my biggest lesson of the last two years. Fantastic. And we've got less than three minutes until the end. So here's the question I ask everyone, Seth, who inspires and motivates you? I would go with Dan Kennedy, Russell Brunson, and um, Roland Frazier, Ryan Dyson, Perry Marshall from Digital Marketer, and Dr. Corey Melnikoff, author of The $4 Sandwich, one of the best business books I've ever read. Fantastic. If you were starting over today, knowing what you know right now, what might you do differently? I would have hired sooner, and I would have built systems to deliver our services sooner, and I would have focused on the easiest to deliver, most profitable systems as opposed to some that might have a higher price tag that seems sexier, but end up becoming more stressful. Okay. What big bucket list item have you not yet accomplished that you're looking forward to doing? 
I, my wife and I and children recently got passports. So we are looking forward and I'm getting to the point where I can take um, some more time off without stressing about it. So I'm looking forward to traveling more with my wife and kids. Fantastic. And once again, how can we take advantage of your marvelous giveaway? Podcaststudiocontest.com. Awesome. And we got about a minute or so till the end. What are your final thoughts that you'd like to impart to our audience? It gets be- I, I, I will share with you my, my favorite quote, which is again from Dr. Corey Melnikoff, which is who you are affects how well what you do works. So rather than just spending time on the latest, greatest social media ad tactic, work on who you are, work on your personal development, work on your spiritual development, because the better you raise your level and that you're playing at and your vibrations and stuff like that, the more your business stuff will work better. That's fantastic. Thank you, Seth Green, for being on the show once again. It was an honor and a privilege to have you here today, my friend. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Thank you all so much for joining. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, please go ahead and do that. Leave a review if you'd like. You can also uh, find me on social media. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. Go to successprofilesradio.com to check out the show page for the show here on the Toginet Radio Network. And if you've not picked up my book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, go ahead and do that on Amazon, Barnes Noble, and any best-selling uh, bookstore anywhere. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Thank you for listening. And until next Monday, have a great week, 6 p.m. Monday, Eastern, every single week. Take care. Goodbye. Success Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright. Each week we'll explore different aspects of success and